Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with five good things. A new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. All right, kicking off the second hour of the sweat here. It's damn good to have all of you with us on DraftKings Network and Visa. I'm Emerson Lancia, Josh Applebaum, Steve Buchanan. Julian Edlow over there. Let's get after it right now with this NFC Championship game. And if you look at the franchise history in said conference championship game, yeah, you can see the 49ers are in this position for, well, the fourth time in five seasons. The Lions last played for a conference title. (laughs) I was five. 32 years ago. Yeah, I was five. You were five? Yeah. Damn, yeah, dude. 91, I was you haven't matured much since then, Stephen. <laughs> but you do know what you're talking about when it comes to NFL your betting. Age. <laughs> yeah, so right now, there's so many storylines, and yeah. we are going to take a left and right turn down Narrative Street uh, oh, coming up later in this show. Yeah, I know you can. <laughs> but just like right now, atop your betting card with this game, what is sitting there. So I was able to grab the Lions at seven and a half. Okay. It is back down to seven at this point. But I do like the Lions to cover in this game. If you can grab that seven and a half, ideally that's what I would be going towards here. Detroit was the best team against the spread during the regular season and playoffs. They are 13 and six against the spread. Here's the thing about the 49ers and and this line here is they have been at least a seven-point favorite 11 times Damn. this season. In that scenario, they went five and six. Four of those times, they were double-digit favorites, but they were blowing out these bad teams. And that's where I kind of get hung up a little bit here because this is by far the biggest spread that the Lions have been as underdogs this season. They've been no more than a four and a half point dog at any point uh, this season. So, and as an underdog, they were also two and one against the spread. So to me, it's like, yes, the 49ers can cover these spreads against these bad teams, but when they're playing these above 500 winning teams, they're not covering these spreads. These games are a lot closer. 
And I know that Debo Samuel is playing and that is a massive plus because I kind of put Debo Samuel meaning to an offense as much as Tyreek Hill is a meaning to an offense in the, on the Dolphins. When Debo was out of that game, and the 49ers were playing from behind. Yeah, dude. You can't tell me that that is a completely different looking team. Like Purdy looks lost. Purdy is making these bad decisions. He's making these bad throws. It feels like if the 49ers are playing from behind, they are in serious trouble because it's been like Brock Purdy has been brought up in this game, in this offense, in this league, playing for a winning team. When they are not winning or when they are behind, this team really falters. And I just feel that Detroit has a lot on offense that can over, or, or excuse me, on, on offense and defense that can overwhelm this 49ers team. And if Detroit gets to an early lead, yeah, I feel like they're in a good spot here. So especially with I, how I'm, good they are rushing the football. Yeah, so I, I'm, ta- I'm taking the Lions to cover in this game. And Debo, yes, he, he is going to play, but then Jules, what should we expect Samuel to, Samuel to do once he is out there? I feel like that's the real question right now. We'll find out. I don't think we're really going to know. We're going to find out if he's a decoy, if he's able to partially carry the load, or if he's just going to tough it out and be good to go and say, hey, we win the game. I got two weeks off to get ready for the next one. So what they, real quick, I don't mean to interrupt you, but what, they said that he was a full go in practice on Friday. That's a good now, sign. if that's true, yeah. <clears throat> you know, then you should assume that it's you're going to get the full compliment. There's nothing yeah. fractured again, and it's more of a pain tolerance thing, and he said, I'm not Dude, yeah, hiding pain, anything. Man. I'm going to go out pain. there and take the hits, pain which maybe pleasure. could lead towards him going out, and when he leaves the game, that's tough for the Niners because they have to kind of regain play and right. how they're going to move the ball without Debo. Now, where I'll disagree with Steve a little bit is, uh, well, obviously I disagree because I've been betting the, uh, the, we, we the Niners to win <laughs> the know. NFC we all, know, se- all season. We know. I, I need the Niners to, <laughs> to win this game. I'm in a position where I don't need to <clears throat> lay points because of what, I, what I've put down on the Niners essentially in a pick'em type of, of game here with my NFC prices. I would lay up to seven with San Francisco, though, if I was neutral, if I didn't have a dog in the fight. And I do think they come out and get a lead. So I would lay whatever it is around minus 150 double result, lead at halftime, win the game. Um, I think the Niners get off to a good start here. But I will say where I disagree with Steve is if San Francisco gets in a hole, I think they will have a better chance to come back than they did against the Packers. Brock Purdy really struggled in that weather throwing the football. Not a rain guy. I don't, he's got small hands. That's why he was drafted late. That played a role. <laughs> yep. So not a rain guy. The 49ers defense didn't look good on their own turf in the rain. They were slipping, sliding all over the place in that game. Now you got the good conditions. I don't think we're going to see San Francisco play that poorly twice in a row in this type of scenario. But the Lions rank 31st in terms of passing yards allowed per game. If you do get down, now you have Purdy in conditions that are favorable to him against a pass defense that has been getting shredded. Right. San Francisco, with Debo back, San Francisco can come back in this scenario, and that's one of the reasons I took uh, Brock Purdy 300-plus passing yards at plus 175 on DK Sportsbook. Um, he's, that would be his highest, uh, it's his highest passing prop of the season, but... We've seen passers go over five of the last six games against the Lions. We've seen 300-plus in four of those games, including both postseason games. Now, more of why I like the Niners in this one. The Lions have played outdoors one time in the last 12 weeks. They went to Chicago and got beat 28-13. to This is not going to be December in, uh, in Chicago. A little bit different, so I'm not, I don't want to put too much stock in that. But Lions played indoors 14 times this season, yeah. eight home games, two home playoff games, four road games in domes. 
They averaged 30.75 points per game in those games. Outdoors, five times, 17.8 points per game in those games. Now again, not December in Chicago, but when you get outdoors, whatever the weather may be, on grass instead of turf, that has affected Jared Goff, and it's affected him not just this season, but throughout the entirety of his career. I think the Lions are going to look different outdoors. This is not this, this run in the dome where, by the way, everybody's high on the Lions because they've been winning these games. They've net-wise, they're, they're minus against the spread in the postseason. No. They're, they're not, they didn't cover against the Rams. It came down to a two-point conversion against the Bucks. So they've been right at expectations, maybe a little below it. Now they're going to go against the Niners, who the, uh, everyone's down on because they played one bad game in the rain. I, you know, for a game, I, I don't have much conviction on Baltimore, Kansas City. I think that's a coin flip. I can talk myself into either side. I saved all my conviction for this game. I am all about yeah. the San Francisco well, I can, 49ers. I can tell. Yeah, you're, yes. you're all in. So, I'm oozing yeah. passion. <laughs> yeah, you, you're oozing quite a bit, that's for sure. Yeah, it's just <laughs> one outside outdoor game in the last 12 contests for the Lions. Like Jared Goff, he goes outside, it's like, my fingers hurt. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, um, for you, I feel like the Lions right now, their best shot at pulling off this upset is going to be kind of riding that run game because that is – really where you can only find like that one weakness for the San Francisco defense. I think you're right, Emerson. I, you know, Speaking of what Julian and, and Steve, the cases they just made, I think there's a great case for taking the points with the Lions. Julian made a great case for laying the points here with San Fran. I think this is one of the hardest games to cap here in recent memory because on the one hand, the data really screams 49ers. 49ers are only getting 29% of bets, but more than 50% of the money, and pretty much all movement liability has been towards San Fran. At one point, they were six and a half, seven. They ticked up to seven and a half. They're coming back down maybe to seven. But this is a very, very trendy dog with the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are getting 71% of bets. So the market is telling me that, again, this is a great fade the public play to go the other way and lay it with um, with San Fran. But here's where I have some anxiety, guys. To Steve's point, Campbell is the best coach at covering numbers, 68% against the spread since he took over. As a doggy, 69% ATS. Dog getting six or more, 73% ATS. And also a dog who can score system match. Detroit is, uh, again, lights up the scoreboard. They're top five in scoring. If I'm on a dog, I want a dog that can score and put up points. Now, you guys were talking about Debo Samuel. It's a crazy stat that's been going around on Twitter. But when Debo plays the entire game, San Fran is 12-1 straight up. 10 and 3 ATS this year. If Debo either gets hurt and leaves the game or doesn't play, they're 1 and 4 straight up, 0 and 5 ATS. So Debo's going to play most likely. I expect him to suit up. How effective will he be? Will he re aggravate it? Will he leave the game? The data is telling me San Fran, yet I have all the system matches here on Detroit. I think as a better, at least get the best number, Detroit 7.5 or San Fran minus 7. So in this case, guys, I want to take a side, but I don't want to walk into like in the championship game where I was an idiot and took Washington <laughs> in the points and then the line moved toward Michigan. So I'm the, it's a rare rare one no. for me. No, no, no. I'm no, not, no, no, no here's no, my play. Here's my play. What? Over. I'm going over. No, you know what? I have to pick a you side. You have been somebody on this, on this show that oh. has been adamant about saying, I can't have an opinion. I want your opinion on this game <laughs> right now. I want, I, would, I want you to be the bigger person. I, I, would, want have you, to go, I would have to go San Fran. Fine. Only because they're only getting 29% of the lines going in their favor. Uh, but here's my play. I am, I'm not going to be a total cop-out. I do like the over. Uh, grab it right now, 51 and a half. It looks like it's going up to 52. Perfect weather, 70 degrees, sunny, no wind whatsoever. Uh, only 55% of bets are on the over, yet it's starting to tick up. These are two of the top five offenses in football, uh, both averaging 27, 29 points per game. And then the angle of AFC-NFC championship games since 2004, the over is 22 and 13, 63%. 
So I gave you a cop-out when it comes to the side. You did. You're making me pick a side. I'm going San the Fran. The Lions are going to have to score. I'm rooting for points. Lions are going to have over. to score more than their, their average of 17 outdoors if this game is going yeah. over. Steve, a lot of people got burned taking the 49ers as a heavy favorite, and that went over the Packers. Gonna... No, no, but that's what I was saying, too. Like, they're covering these big spreads against bad teams. Yeah. They're not doing so against these good teams. But real quickly, I think this is a good player prop game, though. Uh, love George Kittle. His receiving yards over is at 16 and a half. Uh, this is going to definitely move by game time. The over is at mm-hmm. minus 130 right now. So obviously indicating that this will be moving at some point. But Cade Otten just burned this defense <laughs> uh, at the tight end position last week. Five catches, 65 yards, one touchdown uh, for Otten last week. Overall, Lions have allowed the eighth most receiving yards to opposing tight ends of over 56 per game. I think you get a uh, big game here from Kittle, over 60 and a half receiving yards for him. This is really tight end university here because you got the former Iowa tight end squaring off tomorrow. George Kittle leading all tight ends in receiving yards this season. Sam Laporta leading everyone at the position in touchdown catches. So it would be a position that people have their eyes on tomorrow. We have our eyes. That's all I'm going to be doing, just staring at the tight ends. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yes, that's certainly true. Okay, so uh, coming up, we have our eyes on more uh, basketball games here so best bets uh, around the NBA and more college hoops coming up when the sweat returns witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my day. That's my day. here on the sweat where it is time to run the court so we got some nba bets we got some college basketball bets and then josh is going to help you become a better better Mm. taking you inside that big beefy brain of his and how to navigate systems that he is so oddly obsessed with but right now (laughs) this game between the 76ers and the nuggets is atop the tasty board today around the NBA. Well, I'm looking at like the MVP odds here on the DraftKings Sportsbook, and what do you know? Joel Embiid as the favorite, Nikola Jokic right behind him. So we have plus 160, plus 260. I think you said last week on this program on Saturday that Joel Embiid, Mm -hmm. betting him to be MVP is one of the worst bets that you could make right now because you have to hit that 65 game threshold. I think he can miss like six or seven more, but you said, He's like an ankle roll away from missing that chunk of games. We saw him score 70 earlier in the week right now. So has your tune changed on that take? Tough look for me with him coming out and following up my take by dropping <laughs> right. 70 immediately. But it's kind of like the fan with <laughs> with Don, with Doncic with Luca, and then he goes out yeah, and scores 73. Really, Joel it, was watching the show and said, "Screw you, not Doe many, boy. not many other explanations other than he you saw sack my of take." Potatoes. Now, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's his Twitter account. Um, I still think Joel Embiid MVP is a bad take. He okay. uh, a bad bet. He he missed another game. Uh, he, he can only miss like six more games. So I will say once again, okay. if he rolls an ankle, bangs a knee over the next two and a half months, this becomes potentially a spot where he is just simply ineligible for the award. Uh, so I, I can't trust that he, he gets the games played to, to get there. Now, again, we could see his odds. Uh, I'll just tie this right into the next play. I okay. like Denver minus four and a half today at home right against on. the Sixers. If Jokic beats Embiid today, does this swing a, a little sure. bit more? It probably does tighten up a bit. Now, Philly just beat Denver uh, in Philly. They played recently. So I like that it's a, it's a recent revenge narrative angle for Denver. We have this rivalry here with Jokic versus Embiid. They have the last three MVPs. They're the two best centers in the league. Uh, I, I just think that go, the scene shifting to Denver becomes a, a very difficult spot for Philadelphia. The Nuggets just got blown out at MSG on the last game mm-hmm. of their road trip by the Knicks. So coming off a really bad loss and uh, a bunch of probable guys for Denver, but it looks like they're all going to play. Tyrese Maxey is more genuinely questionable for Philly. That would be a huge missing piece, uh, given what Maxey has given the Sixers this season. So. I like Denver at home here. They've got one of the better home courts in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, got one I, of the better defenses too, which I'm sure you know puts a smile on Paul Pierce's face. So they rank six overall, allowing only 111 points per game. 
Yes, so uh, give me Denver at home today. Good spot for the Nuggets, I think. All right, as we navigate the player prop department, there is one dude you would like to mention right now, and who is that? Yes, he is a dude who killed me last night, Brandon Miller. I played him over four and a half. All these guys just destroyed That's all right, we're coming back for more. Okay. Went over four and a half first quarter points. He got there with five. Those are his only five points of the game. But he played just 20 minutes. He was in early foul trouble, and the game wound up being a blowout. You look at his four games previous to that, he was playing between 35 and 40 minutes per game, scored at least 23 points in each of them, with one of his better efforts coming in the game previous to him blowing it last night, which was his first game without Terry Rozier. Rozier going to Miami opened up even more wing minutes, and Miller played 40 minutes in that game, got a lot of shots up. So that prop went to, I believe, 18 and a half last night. We're now, because of the poor performance and the foul trouble, getting a depressed number here. It's 16 and a half for Brandon Miller tonight at home against the Jazz. I think Miller, especially playing the 20 minutes, he should be fine to go 40 to uh, 40 tonight, young kid. Um, and I, it's a decent matchup, middle of the pack matchup, I guess, against Utah. So we're getting the points uh, prop down two points. It's come up from minus 110 to minus 120 since we've started the show. Uh, Brandon Miller, over 16 and a half points, really good spot for that. All right, let's get to the uh, college game here real quick. And Colorado and Washington State, I believe this is expected to be a relatively tight matchup. Why is that? Yeah, uh, two good teams in the Pac-12. Colorado, the better team. Colorado coming off of the road win at Washington. Washington's been a little bit shakier at home. Colorado had been very poor on the road previous to that, but... Now Colorado got that road win. They're playing on the second game of a road trip, obviously staying up at Wazoo. This is where you come back the other way. Washington State has been been awesome uh, at home. So I, I think that this is a, a very good spot. to. You have Washington State who, who mopped the floor. I took them uh, during the week against Utah, dinged up Utah team, mopped the floor there. Um, and meanwhile, you have the Buffaloes, who I think were 0-4, on the road, they got that first big road win. I'm looking for them to regress back to that team that has not been able to get after it on the road here. And uh, the Cougars to perform at home again. All right, well, I feel like that loss, and you've already mentioned Utah, that loss for Utah, I think it was a double-digit loss against Washington State, kind of hurt in more ways than one because uh, they lost another key cog on their team. and. Uh, who's going to be questionable today. So how does that impact you approach, your approach to this game against Washington? Yeah, Washington's a team that, like I took them plus four at home against Gonzaga. They got the outright win. They haven't performed quite as well in some other home spots. Like when you bet these home teams, you're looking for 10 and one or undefeated. They're eight and three at home. They, they can be beat at home. Um, like Utah's the epitome of a bubble team right now, I feel like. Utah's so Utah is the complete opposite. Utah is eleven and zero at yeah. home. They cannot be beat on their home floor. They're just one and four on on the road, and they got smashed at Washington State. And like these teams, they go up for the two game road trip to Washington and Washington State. Now they're dinged up, and they're on the second game of a road trip. So although it's a little bit of a bounce back spot, it's also uh, a, a spot where Washington needs to step up. Washington has lost two games in a row as three point dogs. They need to protect home court here um, against a Utah team that I think is reeling a little bit on, on the second uh, yeah. leg of this road trip. So haven't bet it yet, strong lean to Washington at home. Uh, I'll probably wind up on the Huskies by the time this one tips, especially 
it's a late night special. You're gonna be running out of things to bet. Yeah, well, um, we got one more game that yes. you recommend a bet for, and that's Colorado State, Wyoming. So do tell, buddy. Yeah, Colorado State ranked team, but let's look at them on the road. They're two and three, uh, straight up and against the spread. Wyoming's seven and one uh, at home. Now, they haven't been as good against the spread at home, but they also haven't been getting eight points much or whatever it is right now, eight, seven and a half. So you have Colorado State here. They just lost to Nevada, so potentially a little bit of a bounce back spot, but. Uh, Wyoming yeah. is is also coming off a loss to, to but San Wyoming's Diego got State. the four game home winning streak going on right now. Yes, Wyoming very good at home when you're when you're this one wasn't on my radar at first, but when you're getting this many points at home, big Saturday game against a ranked team, uh, very strong lean to the Cowboys getting all these points at home here. All right, well, you've uh, mentioned already multiple times in this segment how you know players and teams have smoked you, and I know you wake up every day and you say, man. How I want to do I, that again. How can no? You say, how can I become a better, better? Well, Josh Applebaum is here to help us become a better, better, Mr. Analytics, Mr. System. So take us inside, please. Come on, spill the tea. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Emerson, one thing I look for when I'm betting on games, especially on a big day like today with all this, all these college basketball sweats, is go to the bet splits page and look at late game day movement. Now, what, what do I mean by that? I mean that. Uh, obviously, these games are going to be up for you know sometimes over, overnight, more than a day. But really, what I stress is that late movement and where it's breaking. Because you got to remember the way a sports book operates. When it first opens a line, you can only bet that line at low limits. The odds makers aren't going to put out, or they're, what they're doing is protecting themselves from putting out a bad number and then getting hammered by big bets because they put out an incorrect number. So they'll put out that opener, but you can only bet a, a low amount of money on that game. However, once you get to game day, and then you get within you know four hours of the game, three hours of the game, last half hour. Pay attention to where the line is moving late, not only in terms of line movement, but percentages as well. So I wanted to piggyback on what Julian said, because I think he made a great bet here in terms of Washington State at home against Colorado. Now we're showing currently Washington State getting a point, uh, but if you look at right now, the market is moving, and now we're flipping to Washington State minus one. Again, we walked into the studio today, they're getting a point down to a pick em. Now it's flipping dog to favorite Washington State minus one. And in particular, look at the money line percentages here. Only 42% of bets are taking Washington State to win the game, but it accounts for 78% of the money. So now we're piecing together a, a bunch of different reasons to bet a game. When you're betting a game, to me, I try to think of like myself as a lawyer in terms of building a case. And then can I create a, a you know kind of a strong enough case to convince a jury? Now the jury is you as the better deciding whether or not you're going to put your hard-earned money down on a game. So whole point being, Wazoo is getting late game day movement when limits are raised and big bets are coming in. They flip dog to favorite on game day. You have a great low bets, higher dollars bet split. And then other factors to consider here when you're piecing together the puzzle. Washington State, as Julian mentioned, 10 and 1 at home. Colorado, 1 and 4 on the road. And the reason why I point out the money line is not only that big discrepancy bets in dollars, but also money lining short favorites. Ken Palm only has Washington State winning by one. You know, if you jumped on them early getting a point, you're feeling great right now. But if you're going with this late game day movement, it's a money line bet for me. It's only around minus 115. So I love this late game day movement. Pay attention to late game day movement. It's going to be an indicator or another reason why you're going to get down on a game. So we'll talk more basketball next. Uh, and then, of course, we'll get to Steve's favorite part, Narrative Street, next up on The Sweat.
I was better in football than when I was. When did you have to make the decision? I went, I got locked up. Um, <clears throat> I got locked up in high school and I was recruited by every college in the, in the, in the country. You know what I mean, for football. I was the number one high school player in the country in basketball and football. I got in trouble in, in high school. And then um, once that happened, um, like every school, every school stopped recruiting me. Every school. You know what I mean? I, ain't, I didn't, I have no option. Can you imagine Allen Iverson as a football player? That would have been electric. Well, position of a receiver? He, no, he was yeah. a quarterback. He yeah. was a QB. Yeah. yeah. You should go online and look at some of his old highlights. <clears throat> it's actually pretty sick. It's he, like people talk LeBron James like playing tight end or something like that in the NFL. He grew up uh, very close nearby to my, where Michael Vick grew up, and they were like similar style electric quarterbacks. Well, what was Iverson? Was he six feet? Barely? Yeah. Mm, he's I probably mean, not. He's probably matter, not dude. even. He's See, doesn't matter. Be, exactly. He would be <laughs> size does not matter, Josh. Yep. For Flutie, Flutie type of uh, quarterback. There. Yeah. Bubba Chuck, heart. His nickname. Yeah, I love that. I don't okay. think he made a terrible decision going to the he NBA. Did uh, anyway, everybody, watch the starting five on DraftKings YouTube from the compound. So it's a, there's a new guest every week on this pod. It's, it's sick. They talk hoops, they talk music, fashion, art, everything in between. So from that starting five to our own, we want to kind of rip through some, some topics here, some bets, some storylines. Let's get after it, including Doc Rivers will eventually be on the sideline <laughs> for the Bucks here. Kind of a bizarre move by Milwaukee. Get rid of a coach who was like, what, 36 and 13, whatever it was. 30 and 13. 30 and 13. You bring, in, you bring in Doc Rivers. Um, the impact of, of this move in terms of like your interest, maybe betting the Bucks moving forward, what is it? Doesn't do anything for me one way or the other. Um, clearly, this was a push internally by the players, specifically Giannis, maybe trickle down to Lillard, that Adrian Griffin wasn't doing it for him. Kind of a bad look because that's who they wanted not too long ago, over the summer. So you get Adrian Griffin, it doesn't work out. You, I guess, props to you for deciding to swiftly move on and, and you know, taking that heat. But they, as they should, bounce back and immediately win and cover against the Cavs in that first game. But then you come back, and I know it's always a tough spot back-to-back -back against the same team, but lose to the Cavs at home as favorites on, on Friday night. Um, you know, so that... I don't want to say, I don't know why honeymoon phase comes to mind. Doc hasn't even coached yet, but that whatever, this, this high that they're riding of Adrian Griffin only lasted them one game, and then they lost a game, interim coach. On, you're going to get first game on Monday is going to be Doc Rivers against the defending champion Nuggets. Now you're putting Doc in a spot where he's got to beat the defending champs in his first game to you know live up to the hype. I just think it's a weird spot for the Bucks. And the players didn't like Griffin, fine. They're going to like Doc Rivers. Mm -hmm. He's a player's coach. Perfect coach for that 08 Celtics team, but that was he didn't necessarily coach them to victory. Yeah. It was more of a just letting Garnett, Pierce, Allen break through. Those guys were so ready to win on their own. Um, and then you look at his next stops. Can't get Chris Paul over the hump. Can't get Kawhi and Paul George over the hump. Can't get Joel Embiid, Harden over the hump. I don't, now he's on a team that has won. Is he going to get them back over the hump? It's a unique spot. It's like Milwaukee could win without him because they, the, they have the horses to do so. 
but I don't think Doc Rivers is going to be the reason why this team wins. I think he could play more of a role in why they lose. And Josh, it's important to point out as well, especially in, in terms of of betting, I think their adjusted win total is around like 54 and a half or something like that. They have the toughest remaining schedule in the NBA, which is just gonna add a whole nother layer of challenge for Rivers in this new role. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that Giannis runs this team. I mean, this is yeah. what Giannis wanted. See how happy they were pregame? Yeah, they're the going nuts. Night. It was like when they, uh, like, way to hide it, boys. <laughs> it was like when Raiders got rid of McDaniels and they're smoking cigars and, you know, living it up because yeah. he's gone. Yes. So I'd love to know why Griffin was such a bad coach. I mean, the record was 30 and 13. Is that the best record? Like, let's do some research of a guy who got let go. <clears throat> like, he won games, but obviously something was off there. So. I don't think it was even bad coach. I think it's just they weren't into the vibes that Adrian Griffin was given out and now dog rivers is going to let them be them so that like they get what they want but are they ultimately going to win because of this no well i I think a lot of teams would kill to be 30 and 13 so again it's just kind of weird that you have a great record like you would think they'd be you know barely above 500 and let go of them obviously that wasn't the case i'm looking at some futures right now guys bucks are plus 475 to win the nba title only the nuggets and the celtics are better uh and i also think you know what doc can do to, to help this team i think doc Obviously gets a lot of blame for all these you know, great teams he's been on and never got him over the hump. But he did win the title with the Celtics. And, you know, one thing from the Celtics was Ubuntu, you know, the kind of the theory of, you know, playing together, you know, sacrificing Pierce Garnett, Ray Allen. They had to p- put their egos at the side and play for the team. So if Doc Rivers can, you know, kind of rekindle that Ubuntu and have, you know, Giannis and, and Willard and all these strong personalities to kind of uh, sacrifice a bit, I think that's where he's going to make his biggest mark. And then also you look at defensively. I mean, the Bucks are incredible off. Defensively, defensive efficiency, they're like 17th. Defense to me, it's about effort. And, and they're just not putting in the effort. Maybe they're not, they don't have the X's and O's. But if Doc Rivers can rekindle the Celtics Ubuntu, if he can focus on defense, if he can uh, kind of deal with these egos, I think it's a move that obviously they wanted. Now they got it. Now it's on the players yep. to play and win. I mean, your defense wasn't going to get better after getting rid of Drew Holiday and Grayson Allen, for sure. Um, all right, number four here for our starting five. Trade market shaping up. The deadline is... February 8th, which trade has had the biggest impact thus far, Jules? Uh, I'll say Rozier to Miami, and I think most people would say Pascal Siakam to Indy because that's the better player, but I don't think that gets Indy over the hump. Um, I think they're still going to be a fun team uh, to watch, but not a team that can contend in the East, whereas Miami might finish right around where the Pacers do, in the standings, but we know what that team is capable of come playoff time. And now they have more firepower, a guy with playoff experience in Terry Rozier, much needed score when they need to go that direction. Um, We know what Jimmy Butler does in the playoffs. They have a guy in hero, they can shoot the ball, they have bam, but now it's, you know, kind of a, a microwave guy that can come off the bench or start for you. Another ball handler at point guard that they were getting Gabe Vincent playing out of control. Now that's gone. They have another ball handling guard. So I think what Rogier will boost Miami to in the postseason is a higher level than Siakam boosts Indy to. And that's why I would say that's the bigger move. Uh, what about for the all-star starters, which have been announced? I believe the reserves will, um, will be announced this week, I think on Wednesday. Which player was the most surprising among starters? Probably Lillard, just based on you know the, the name. Uh, a lot of people are freaking out about Jalen Brunson. Yeah. I don't. Th- was he the he, biggest snub? He probably was, but I don't. Really Could have been Donovan Mitchell too. Yeah, I, also, I think you Lillard, Lillard was 
in the mix with Brunson and Donovan Mitchell. It could have been any of those guys, I guess. And you know what means a lot to these players? You know, we heard uh, a few years ago when, uh, who was it? They said they were going to team up Durant and who was it? Uh, or Kyrie and whoever. I mean, this is like, you got to be there. It's the big thing. So obviously there's a lot of players who want to get to the All-Star game. But I can't really get into like the great Twitter beef of he should be there, he should not be there. It doesn't really matter much to me. Yeah. But again, it matters to the players. Yeah. And the uh, return of East versus West. I actually like that format. Uh, yeah, up. I I like keeping it. No more there. team Giannis, LeBron. Go to East West. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that, that that's uh, that's what they're doing. We got a college basketball bet to wrap up our starting five. What do you got, Josh? Yeah, so I'm going to go to Ohio State and Northwestern. And I really like this spot toward Northwestern here. Uh, Northwestern opened as a very short favorite, minus one and a half at home. Northwestern has been steamed up to minus two and a half. Some books even inching up toward minus three. Uh, around 70% of bets and dollars are on Northwestern, so it's not like a huge contrarian low bets higher dollars bet split but i think if you're betting this now hopefully it'll beat the closing line you'll see it get up to three across the board a lot of offensive advantages uh buoy as well for northwestern has been great if you haven't seen this kid play uh, but their effective field goal percentage is much higher they take care of the ball much better than ohio state better three-point better two-point shooting but again i always look at ken palm as a little bit of a uh, kind of a north star here in the way he's projecting a game does it mean he gets every single one right no but he's got a two-point win by northwestern which again is a money line short favorite play for for me uh, you can get around minus 145 ish uh, again that's uh, protecting yourself on the off chance is just a one-point win but look at the money line bets and dollars money line bets and dollars don't matter to me if the spread is like you know seven eight ten but it is meaningful if it's around a pick'em where it's a very short spread because that tells me uh, that pros may be bypassing the spread and going money line money lines 81% bets 96% money on the Northwestern money line and again home road Julian made this point but it's so important to really take advantage of that home court advantage Northwestern is 10 and 1 at home Ohio State 0 and 4 on the road give me Northwestern let's go buoy Northwestern money line all right Jules how's that sound to you the only red flag that I would caution here is that Northwestern is coming off a huge in-state upset over Illinois this week so that can lead to a letdown but I'm definitely not telling you to back Ohio State on on the road here that's not a direction that I would go in okay all right well I know like narrative street isn't like too hot for you guys at least in the college basketball realm but it certainly is around the NFL. Hmm. Steve Buchanan, don't give the thumbs down off camera, buddy. This is your favorite segment. We're going to wrap up. Hey, be quiet over there. I have you're an not, epic You're team. off camera. <laughs> Shut up. Our little joy ride down Narrative Street. Let's make sure you take the right turn when, let's say, we're talking late game struggle, struggles for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, 
Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Final block of the sweat, everybody. You have made it. Congratulations. And guess what? Right now, we're going to help you decide whether you should take that turn down Narrative Street ahead oh, yeah. of Conference Championship Sunday tomorrow or on the NFL. <laughs> or maybe don't take the turn and just keep cruising, baby. I gotta what talk is about the no, problem? No, I gotta talk about this graphic here, and that's why this oh, segment's God. ridiculous. I don't know who According made it. According to this Careful. graphic, it's Narrative Street and then Street Street. Because that, that's how the graphic is laid out. That's how ridiculous the segment is, too. No, you're thinking too much about no, it. We're not. just having fun. That's a creative, beautiful graphic with nice colors and a football stadium in the background. So. Hey, Josh, where do you live? I live on Street Street. It's what we call suspended <laughs> disbelief. You ever heard of that? <laughs> that is, according to, producer Drew, no, according to producer Drew in my ear, this is Narrative Avenue, and that is Street Road. Okay. It's just so stupid. All right, well, let's start with your favorite street, Steve. Yeah. And that's that. the weather. The weather in Baltimore. We've already discussed the weather in San Francisco. It's going to be a nice little day out there on the West Coast. What's the weather looking like right now in Baltimore? And are we thinking it could have some kind of impact on this game, Josh? And maybe you're going to start targeting a few unders here for wide receivers, quarterbacks, running backs, whatever it is. So... I got a question for you guys first. There was a great philosopher who once said, when you get to a fork in the road, take it. Who was that great philosopher? Socrates. Me. Yogi Berra. Yeah. You all, you all that's close. Anyway, that's a yogiism. But anyway, 
Uh, weather could play a role here. It's not going to be freezing cold. It'll be in the 40s, but uh, wind 10 to 15 miles per hour. It could oh, be no. a little, little bit of rain, a little bit of rain oh, possibly, no. sloppy footing. But we have seen, again, I think what makes this difficult is public's hammering the over. Uh, nearly 80% of bets are going KC Baltimore over. But again, it was 45 and a half, as high as 46. Got down to 44. It's back up to 44 and a half. So late movement is breaking over a little bit. You do have this trend of historically in these championship games, the over's cashing nearly 60% since 2004. So I'll lean under, but I, you know, Steve, it's not quite the amount of wind that I want. I need like 15 to 20 with gusts and crosswinds. Dude, Johnny that's crosswinds. Not, not that's what it makes no a Johnny difference. crosswinds. So. That's what it makes a difference when it's like over 15 miles per hour. We could be outside right now and there would be a 10 mile per hour wind and you wouldn't even notice. It's not going to create much anything. I know it's under 10, 15 miles an hour. But what about thing? rain and sloppy footing? Does yeah. that affect? Okay, yeah, maybe. It did last Saturday night in San Francisco. See? See? Yep. So well, you're, is that you're, a full grass field or is that turf? Baltimore trivia question. I think it's grass. That's grass. I believe dude. it's grass, yeah. right? It's grass, bro. Yeah. Get sloppy, but muddy. Either, let's go under. So, <laughs> so even if it's raining, even if it's raining, what's that yeah. mean? Baltimore's going to run the ball more. They've run the ball more than any other team in the league to begin yeah. with. So it's and, not going to And, you, and you've already mentioned you like rushing the rushing yards prop, right? For Mahomes. For Mahomes, because yeah. he's going to be scrambling for his life because there's no Tooney to block anybody. Exactly, and the way. backup's going to be slipping and sliding everywhere. Nick ready. It's going to be a big old beefy mud fight out there. Just because it rains doesn't mean all of a sudden like nobody has any footing or anything. All right, so like you're people, you're not taking a, so you're going street, not narrative. <laughs> yeah, you're going down. You're not going down narrative Ave. You're you're going down street road here. Hmm. I'm going down Boylston Street when this segment's over. That's where Damn. I'm going. Leaving. Oh, where are you going? Home. 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 Oh, home. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anywho, uh, Lions outside this year. So the Lions playing outdoors. Our next narrative Ave to potentially go down. Jules, this is something you hammered away at uh, earlier. So are you buying into them struggling more outdoors than they do indoors? I am, and it's equally as much because the weather is going to be nice in, in yeah. San Francisco, but the Lions have played in, in not bad weather. They scored six points in Baltimore. They scored 21 points, which is a little bit above their outdoor average in Kansas City. And yes, they they you know they went off for 30 whatever at, at Green Bay. It's it's not perfect. They're capable, but it's pretty, you know, it's a whatever that is, 13-ish points per game fewer outdoors than indoors. And I think part of it is just getting out in, into the open air, out of the dome. They're comfortable in the dome. Surface also plays a role. Um, that's turf indoors. Jared Goff's a good turf quarterback. Now you're going out onto grass, a surface that he doesn't play as well on. So, third, again, 14 indoor games for the Lions this year. That sounds ridiculous to play that many, but eight regular season home games, two home playoff games, and four road games in domes. Yeah. Totals 14. Five outdoor games, 17.8 points per game, with the last one being 13 in Chicago in December. They've only played outdoors once in the last 12 weeks. Yes. That's three months. No matter what, this is going to be a little different. They're very accustomed to whether it's at home or not coming out and playing in a dome, and they're not doing that here in a huge game on the road. I I have to believe this is going to play a yeah. little bit of a factor. In this Literally, game. you're telling like golf, like bro, go outside, touch grass. Okay, but th this is also like <laughs> when we talk about you know the dome as a controlled environment. Like this is about as controlled as you get. No For participation yeah. at all. The, it, the weather is going to be like low 70s, high 60s. Oh, my God, that's so pleasant. And, and no Take wind. Here. And, and no yeah. wind at all, like three to four mile per hour wind. So Again, like, that, uh, but the surface plays just as much of a, a role. I, I, well, listen, okay. I, I get what you're saying, but it's like 
it's not like this man has never played on grass before. Like he's walking on, he's going to be playing on clouds. And he goes, he what is this he has, physical surface I'm on? He has, and he's played well at times. But what the numbers tell us it's this more the season, temperature. This no, not the right? temperature. It's what the numbers tell us this season and throughout Goff's career is that there's a much higher chance of him playing worse outdoors on turf than in uh, outdoors on grass than indoors on turf. Okay, you know what else the numbers tell me is if this game is close entering the fourth quarter, there may be alarm center. There may be some red flags here when it comes to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Last week was the first time in 31 games that he had won a mm. contest when trailing by five or more entering the fourth quarter. So Josh, dude, you could ride shotgun with me because I'm taking a hard right down narrative av here. Like if this game is close, you got to be worried about Shanahan the fourth rookie move. I am. It's like Indiana Jones when Indy was with his dad in the sidecar. It's oh, me and you going down there, narratives. Dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but I, I thought like was. I would say Shane, I'll be Sean Connery. <laughs> you can be Sean Connery, yeah. I'll be young Indio the whip, you know. Yeah. We'll get after it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> All right, big man. I, if you look at Shanahan, uh, 0-6, last six home games, 0-6 ATS, not covering numbers here. Whatever. I'll flip it a little bit, go, though, guys, and I'll throw this at you. Dan Campbell is a very bold coach. He goes for it quite a bit, going for two, uh, going for it on a fourth down. Will there be a situation where we're at seven, seven and a half? Obviously, we're hovering around that number. You like Lions, get the hook. You like San Fran, get the seven. But is there a situation where he goes for two, he doesn't so, get it, San Fran wins by eight instead of seven? What, you know, you're, asking is the, what you're asking is, are, they, are the Niners going to cover the exact way that the Lions covered last week on a failed two-point conversion? Exactly. <laughs> yes. And I had very, the Bucks in the point. Very good <laughs> chance that that literally Todd Bowles happened. just said, hey, let's not even, let's just not use our time. Well, let's not even, that's yeah. love that I got a seven. Idiotic that's a whole different so, yeah. segment. Yeah. yeah Todd but Bowles will that come into can, play? Could that affect the spread him going for two? For maybe sure. Maybe not getting it. For sure. And we could also see... Um, Campbell makes some like unreasonable decisions very early in this game, just like yeah. he did to start the season in Kansas City, like going yeah. third on fourth in his own territory in the first half. Like that set the tone. That type of dude. That set the tone for the entire season. It did. But if you mess that up in this game against the Niners, you are screwed. Yeah. <laughs> How about the um, this official? And also, oh, sorry, real quick. Go ahead. Go on, ahead. on the narrative of Shanahan uh, in the fourth quarter. That monkey was ripped off of the back last week. They came back, scored 10, it was a 10-0 yeah. fourth quarter for the Niners. Finally in the rain, unfavorable conditions. Games. That's fine, whatever. At home, in the rain, All right. nobody thought that they not were a, gonna do that. Everybody not a big sample the size be there the, the for overcoming team. it. That's fine, I'll, one game sample, I'm, all yeah, I need. I, I don't know if I, if I consider one in 30 is now ripping the monkey Thank off Thank you, that's back. what I'm saying. <laughs> all right, uh, I think Systems Josh over there would agree with that yeah, too. Yeah, I might have to agree with that. Well, <laughs> I mean, how about, how about this, like, this official, this ref system here, like oh, Sean Smith, ridiculous. like his officiating stats heavily favor road teams here. So the NFL average, we're talking penalties here, last three years, 4.6% more penalties on the road team. This dude calls 34.8% more penalties on the home team. Are you buying into this narrative that maybe the Chiefs have an advantage with this guy calling the game? I am buying into it, but I'm not going to say it's a make or break or a huge factor. I think when you okay. get to referees, officials, it's something you want to be aware of, but you don't want to bet on it just because of one way or the other. So, like, think of it in different sports. Home team straight up, 3-12, and 12, and ATS, 3-10-2. and two. Smith is really the best referee when it comes to road teams. Road teams are covering 60% 
uh, of the time. But if you look at different sports like Joe West, uh, he was really skewed toward the, the road team because he didn't want to appear biased and he liked yeah. when the crowd got on him. Some some referees, you know, they're like a shrinking violet when the crowd yells at them, they get all nervous, then they don't they're wary yeah, of throwing like the flag the next time. But some of these guys are so egocentric. Remember Big Hockley? Not Sean Hockley, uh, the big Hockley. Yeah. He loved you know Ed. riling up the crowd and throwing flags. Some people, some guys love that. So I'm not gonna put too much into it for Sean Smith. I will give Sean Smith a little credit though. His over-under when he's the lead ref, 46 and 46. He is right down the middle when it comes to totals. But again, he does lean a little bit to the road team. I'm betting Mahomes plus four, so I'll take it and I'll say it's going to be a big deal. Dude. Sweat bet, one word. Yeah, just Sean Smith. Boom. Now no, I'm just saying, are we going to give him or not? <laughs> no. Washington, Washington okay. State money line, no sweat bet. You know, what about you? Drew told us to skip it, but do you want to throw one in? Nope, Kittle over uh, 16 and a half. Get that before the line moves. All right, everybody. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.